G'day everyone, welcome to Porsche Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host Mark from the recently hacked and no longer on YouTube channel Mark and Cars and as always joined by Ajmal. G'day Ajmal, how are you? Good. Uh, I am Ajmal Flat Camp Driver. I've I've recently put quite a few videos up on YouTube that no one watches. What? But you know, I like to just go through the process. I say a few, I mean two. Oh yeah, so I guess. Yeah, it's, it's it's been a kind of a crazy week. Yeah. Okay. Good one. And um, I've had a cracker. But let's talk about you first, because we know I'm going to suck up oxygen out of this podcast because of my last few days. Yeah. No, I've I've not had massive stuff happen. I uh, apart from. Um, you know, after last week, I told you I'd left my 911. Yeah, two blocks not, away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it turns out it wasn't there. It turns out it wasn't there. Uh, and I'd just forgotten where it was. And it took me two days to remember where it was. Uh, yeah. Because... I've said it before and I'll <laughs> say it again. I'm interrupting you. You don't deserve it. I just Because there were roadworks the day I parked and it was a block further down. And I remember being stood there. Thinking, where is it? And thinking, th- thinking, has it been stolen? And I, and I was too embarrassed to ask my wife. And while I was stood there, <laughs> while I was stood there thinking, the guy came out and went, it's around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so it, but it was 12 days. In my defense, it was 12 days. There I is no defense about leaving a 996 six on the side of the road when there's roadworks for 12 days. Now, Listeners, I've got to tell you, we actually have a guest today, PJ, but we're not going to talk to PJ yet, but I, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because he's got big eyes. He cannot even believe that Ajmal would leave his car parked on the side of the road for 12 days and then forget where it is. But we're going to come back to PJ in a minute. We're going to talk about the rest of the last week. Oh, firstly, Jason997, if you're listening, thank you for getting in touch. I will post your Timex watch out next next 24 hours or so. He sent me his address. It's going all the way over to the UK. I hope it still works when it gets here. Might need a battery, I don't know. Well, anyway, I, I, we'll do- I'm, I, I owe Jason an apology because I didn't tie up. Well, I mean, he didn't say Jason on the on his Instagram when he messaged me. Yes. So I didn't tie the two up, so I sent him an apology. Oh, good work, Ashmal. More importantly... Thank you very much for the review and for entering the competition and winning the watch, Jason997. My YouTube channel got hacked. I mentioned at the start of the podcast, very selfishly, like a self-absorbed YouTuber that I am. I got an email 12 minutes ago. I've got my channel back. Whoa. Yes. How did that happen? I thought it was gone forever. Oh look, hang on! I've got all these. I've got all these amazing side effects, uh, sound effects that you hate, Ajmal. I've just got to put them on. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> I, I don't think you can hear them, can you? I'm doing a round of applause right now. I can, but it's just terrible. I mean, you know, it's bordering on who is it? Spice Car Radio, and they started using them, and, and that died really quickly. Yeah, no, that's why I want to keep using them because he couldn't make it work. I want to prove we can. No, more importantly, <laughs> the I threw. Twitter, the only way you can actually communicate with YouTube, I've since found out, if you have a problem, through the Team YouTube Twitter account, sent me a link to fill out a my YouTube channel has been hijacked, 
which you needed a degree in rocket science to complete. Fortunately, got a job in NASA. I don't really. But the oh. uh, it was a good solid hour 15 to fill out this form. Send wow. it off to them. Less than 24 hours later, kaboom. It got taken over by someone called Talk for Crypto. You might be surprised to hear this oh. in Russia because the person that hijacked my Google account that got access to my YouTube account had a Russian phone number for recovery for SMSs and a Russian email address for I recovery. See. So anyway. I, 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 was, I was convinced that you were about to say that on Instagram when you said my account's been hacked, you got a gazillion messages saying DM, DM for hacking advice. Oh, I, I, went, mate, I have got it. Help me. I have been ambushed. Don't worry about that. I've, I've got <laughs> yeah. a solid 60 messages. I've been DM'd, right? Delete, 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 delete. As I spoke to my wife about hacking and viruses and all that sort of stuff, Norton Antivirus, they've got to create the viruses, don't they? So they generate their own business. If you're listening, Norton, we are looking for a channel sponsor. I will retract that if you come on board. Now, was the... It, um, hang on, if it was Kaspersky, they're Russian anyway, aren't they? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all that aside, the I've got it back, but I'm bailing on YouTube. <gasps> Drop and take a breath. Have you got a sound effect for that? <gasps> no, I don't need one. You just gave it to it. The I'm going to post my videos on Vimeo from now on because most people only look at my videos because I post on social media and they follow the link. 99.7% of my videos are viewed through social media links that I've provided or someone else has. So I'm going to – I don't need YouTube. I'm not generating income from it. So if I'm not generating income, why am I supporting them? I find 99% of my videos aren't viewed. <laughs> I tell you, I had a crack at my last video collecting my new Cayman GT4 oh, yes, yes, four yes, weeks late, right? <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> that video itself was at nearly 5,000 views within 24 hours. Oh, nice. And then bang, hijack. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I was watching that video and I was there watching it and I went, I'm sure he's told me all of this already. Of course <laughs> like I have. Four weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. It's, it was so time delayed. It was embarrassing. But talking about time delayed, let's talk about air-cooled cars. Yes. Hence our yeah. guest, PJ. G'day, PJ. How are you today? Uh, I'm good. How are you guys? Thanks for your patience on listening to Ajmal and I crap on at the start of our podcast. Oh, it's entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You nearly nodded off. We can see you on Zoom, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats on getting your content back, man. That's awesome. Oh, look, it's, uh, you know, I've had like, I had eight phone calls today from people whose cars I've filmed and created a video of and them saying, oh, I've downloaded if you want your copy, if you need a copy of oh, it back. Nice. nice. So it was quite nice, nice, you know, and a lot of people have reached out saying, oh, look, I've, I'm sorry you've lost your data because, or you lost your content because the, I was using that as a reference of what it was like when I used to own that car. Yes, yeah, so a lot of people obviously went back and viewed videos, and I see that quite a bit. When I look at my highest viewed videos on any 24 hours, a lot of them are quite old. I'm quite surprised by a lot of them. And now I know why, because 
someone must say, oh, yeah, I used to own one of those and send it out to five of their mates or something and there's 26 views on that video that's two years old, you know. So I I find it quite surprising when those sorts of things come up. But, yeah, I appreciate your uh, support on getting the content back. And it's it's mostly for those people that I'm highly driven to get that content back for. Well, it's history, isn't it? Well, it is. And all the time that goes into making a video like that and – you know, it's, it sucks that someone would just ruin it for you. So I felt for you. I really did. <laughs> Good one. Now, in the background of your um, garage where you're talking to us right now, PJ, I can't help but notice a 964 with an RS front bumper and a combi. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that is where I – That is. this is my office is in the garage now. I got gradually <laughs> relegated? chucked out of my house. Um, so I live in, I don't live in my garage, but I spend most of my time at my desk in my garage. So it's the, uh, it's the coolest part of the house. Um, we live in a renovated sixties bungalow and during the summer months, the office, which was a room with no ventilation is just hell on earth. Uh, so I decided to move into the garage. So that's where I am. Is it also fantastic? Love the, uh, you know, I'm very jealous of the space that you've got and the toolbox on the behind you to your right. Looks fantastic. I feel like I should have tidied up, but I haven't. So sorry about that. No, it looks, okay. like, it looks like you've been really busy doing, you as, know. That's the big picture. It looks good. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, so yeah, behind me is uh, June's new car. And then obviously the combi is, is, is mine. So Do you yeah. daily the combi, PJ? Sorry? Do you daily the combi? No, no, it's so low. It's so impractical. Um, I only just, I mean, I got it, I think it was like October. Yeah, October. Um, I traded my 59 single cab for it. And um, this is like the lowest bus I've ever owned. And I think I'm going to raise it up, to be honest, so that I can get off my driveway. Um, (laughs) But it's super cool. I mean, I I love it. It's um, yeah, US import from Florida. Yeah, so I was nice. going to say, is it is it sat on bags? <laughs> but it's not. Okay, do you know what? That would be nicer. <laughs> because you could pump them yeah. back up. I, yeah. I, it's about the same. The front end, the, the bumper, I reckon I could probably get a shoe under if I'm lucky. Wow. It's, oh, it's, it's the same height as a skateboard, I reckon. So, yeah. So, uh, so tell me, because the, the single cab, I've seen that at a few events. I saw it at Classics of the Clubhouse last year, and it was kind of patinaed to perfection. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, I, I, I mean, I don't know, I might be wrong, but I felt like you'd thought that's that's kind of done. It's, it's, it's perfectly done. There's nothing more I can do to it. Is it time to move it on, or was there another reason behind it? I mean, it was the second time I owned that truck. The first time I sold it and it um, went across to Europe for about 10 years. And then I bought it back after seeing it on Facebook. Um, and I did the main reason why I changed, why, why I moved away from it was because I've got two kids and only two seats up front in the single cab. And there would always be arguments as to who's going to go in it, who's going to do this. And I thought I would rather be able to take my girls in a bus and not have a pickup truck than, you know, because I do the school runs all the time in these. Um, that's kind of like their main 
purpose at the moment, at least until the weather gets better and the show season starts. But yeah, I just I just wanted something the whole family could enjoy a bit more rather than just me. Because I mean, with the with the other cars we are in, they don't have a heap of space in the back anyway. So mm. to have a pickup truck that can't carry more than two people kind of just seemed a bit like uh, maybe it's time to move on. So that's what I did. P- PJ, uh, how old are your girls? Oh, sorry, Ashwell. So I was going to say, how old are they? Seven and four. Okay, so that's similar to mine. Mine, my girls are seven and three. Oh, nice. So, do they fit? Do all of you fit in the car behind you, the nine six four? Yes. Yeah. Comfortably. So yeah. See, that's that's good because we get we go we can all fit comfortably my nine eleven, but apart from my wife hates it. She hates that car. It's I don't know why. She just hates it. Oh man, that's a shame. But yeah. <laughs> the, the, took better care of it, she wouldn't. PJ, I have a nine-year-old um, daughter and she loves combis, right? Yeah. Oh, cool. Loves them. Do you have the many really do you have many do you have many dual cab pickups in the UK? Uh in general, I would say that we have a lot less pickups overall than um than vans etc um yeah dual cabs twin cabs we usually we have imports they either come from south africa australia or the us sure um a lot more of the type 25s so the you know the wedge there's no. a few of those in i don't know what is that um the it's other other countries and stuff called t3s is that uh, like so the synchro came- type thing is that that generation yeah, yeah. Got it. Exactly. So it came after the, the bay window. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking <laughs> about now. Yep. Yeah, there's a few there's a few of those around. But no, you, you rarely see twin cabs. They're pretty special. Yeah, look, I which is weird. We have a few here in Australia. Yeah. Because be the because the double twin cab as a concept mm-hmm. in newer pickup trucks. You know, the the <laughs> not they're not SUVs, they're trucks, aren't they? The newer ones where you can take the back off and then it becomes a pickup. There's a lot of those around. You know, builders have them uh, because mm. they're the, the family car and it's the it's the work workhorse. That's, um, yeah. That but, style of car, Rajmal, is the number one selling car in Australia. The Toyota Hilux is the number one selling car in Australia. Really? Oh wow! Mm. Is that? I do, think, I do think they're cool though. I like Look, a commercial. Yeah. The problem. The problem with the you know, if we t- I'm not talking about the combi dual cabs, I'm talking about normal dual cab utes, you know, like you've got the, the Suzu D-Max, the Volkswagen Amarok, the Toyota Hilux, et cetera, et cetera. The, the Nissan Navarro. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, there's thousands of them, right? The problem with them is the ute is too small to put anything in and the back seat's too small to sit in. <laughs> so they're actually useless. I've had one. I had a Holden. Yeah. I had a Colorado, uh, which is a General Motors division here in Australia called Hold Night of Colorado. And, oh, man, it was bad. <laughs> Actually, you two guys having young girls, you'll appreciate this. I, I'll tell you why to get rid of that car. My daughter was sitting in the middle of the back seat in a baby seat when she was about two. Might have been a bit younger. Projectile vomit, hits the windscreen, goes down in the vents. We could never get the smell out again. <laughs> Whenever the heater was on or whether the air con was on, it just came up and, oof, oof. A big milky one too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you sold it. That is exactly why I got rid of that car. Yeah, we couldn't get the smell out of it. Someone oh else been with that smell. <laughs> when well, they took a test drive, I made sure the aircon and the fan wasn't turned on. Well. 
we haven't we haven't introduced PJ as in what PJ does. The his history with uh, air cooled VWs and Porsches. He's obviously got. Let's let PJ do it. PJ, tell us about you. <laughs> um, oh man. Uh, so basically, I I <laughs> okay. Give me a minute. <laughs> so I run, I'll, I'll start from. I'm going to go like Star Wars. I'm going to start from where we are now and go backwards a bit. Sure. But um, so I run an event called Classics of the Clubhouse, which is a air now an air cooled edition. We do Classics of the Clubhouse air cooled edition, which is an air cooled event which caters for all air-cooled vehicles, Volkswagen, Porsche, early Fiats, etc., which is held on a golf golf course. Um, it's a super inclusive event where we try and encourage everyone to come down. But my my life in cars, uh, we, may, we may have to edit this a bit, but um, I started off with Volkswagens when I was 19, and I still own that car today. And uh, through that time, I've owned probably 20 Volkswagens and now on to my fourth Porsche as well. So, yeah, uh, I do photography, uh, graphic design, uh, a couple of been on a couple of podcasts now. So, yeah, basically a media mogul now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love the term mogul. It never gets old. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if you want if you want me to redo that, I can do. No, that's fine. No, I don't no. edit. We just talk. Yeah, we're not, we're not pros. <laughs> we, you know, this is this is leisure and recreation yeah. for us. Forget the editing, PJ. This is this is going live. Yeah, don't it. worry about that. Wonderful. Right. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll keep it this smoother going forward. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I was at uh, Classics of the Clubhouse last year, and obviously that was your first event, wasn't it? That was my first event, a car yeah. event. What yeah, started? Um, so downhill after that. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I went in. I went in at the top, and oh, yeah. uh, so, but but also I was on uh, Jack's stand, flat six Jack, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it was great, you know, to be amongst other people. There were a lot of people that I knew. Uh, there were a lot of new people that I'd met through social media and things like that that I've not uh, spoken to. Uh, but also, it was an event coming off lockdown, so yeah. it was. It wasn't like it was a normal type thing. And, you know, you, you you were kind of let down by a couple of bands who were going to come and do coffees and, and oh, yeah. food. Because that, that oh, everyone's yeah. like, where's the, where's, the, where's the fine coffee? What's happening? And he's like, PJ was like, they've broken down somewhere. Yeah. And you know what? That's probably because they were in an old VW. I was about to say, did they drive an air-cooled car there? Is that the problem? <laughs> yeah. They opened that combi and they never made it. So. Yeah, but, it was, but it was great. It was a real sociable event. There were lots of families there. Uh, met lots of people, some great cars, and um, and and it's on my doorstep. It it's is brilliant. Yeah, I could I could drive my nine twelve there, and then if it broke down, I could push it the rest of the way. <laughs> I think timing wise, we were so lucky um, in that you know everyone had just come off of the lock off of the lockdown, and it was all everyone was like gagging to get to an event, and we were right there. Um, yep. You know, the, the only thing that did ticket sales were were really good for that and then when the um at the time i think they called it the, the delta variant or whatever uh 
yep. I think at the time, yeah, that had just been announced and then our ticket sales just stopped because it was like <laughs> they they were reintroducing, they were looking at reintroducing a lockdown. Everyone was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to buy tickets for something now. And But because we were outside, an outside event, we were still allowed to continue and stuff. But yeah, man, it was it was a bit touch and go with that. So how many yeah, times? Even... Oh, sorry, I was just, uh, Mark, I was just going to say, even with the weather, everyone thought it was going to rain that day. Everyone thought, oh, God, it it's going to be raining. It's on, it's on a field. You know, there's grass. It's gonna, it, yeah, I'm in my air cooled. I'm going to be waterlogged somewhere. But no, it was it was great. Great. Event. Well, the nice thing about being on a golf course is you're never going to find somewhere with better drainage. You know <laughs> yes. what I mean? Like, it's designed to take water away. It's designed to be, you know, you could have months and months of torrential rain and then give it 24 hours and it'll be dry as a bone again because that's what it's built to do so we're very lucky in that regard how does pj how does the golf course go with dispersing oil well um like how does it go with the you know with the green keepers and stuff like that because you know i I, as good as ferdinand porsche was and the family (laughs) they still couldn't manage to seal a case no um, if I'm honest, they've not noticed any oil. <laughs> well, hopefully so, they're not listening, right? <laughs> so, I mean, the grass gets cut so, so regularly that if, you know, if we had a big oil spill, if, you know, someone, you know, if a car literally dropped its guts, yeah, we'd yeah. be in trouble. Of course. Um, but, um, but you know, the, the, those drops that we would get, it's all gone by, you know, a day later because the grass has been recut. Sure. How, so, how did you come about? your relationship with the golf course to host the event. So, so I'm, I'm very lucky in this regard. Uh, that golf course is actually owned by my family. So <laughs> fair enough. So okay. I, you know what I was going to joke and say, oh, he's going to say it's my golf course, but you can't uh, <laughs> so, so no, it's owned by the family. They've owned it since, um, since dad sold his original business. Uh, and then he bought that as an investment and I think there was tax relief at the time as well. So, <laughs> so he bought, um, he bought that and it's taken me the best part of 20 years to, <laughs> to get a car show on it. So, you know, well, I'm fortunate <laughs> enough to have listened to your previous podcasts, uh, PJ. So I know that your old man comes from the auto industry. Yes. And it's taking you 20 years to get a car show. My dad is, is the weirdest guy when it comes to cars. I'll, I'll go off on a tangent now. Let's do it. He, I love a tangent. <laughs> you know, for someone that was so critical in shaping the car market that we have today and the secondhand car market in particular um, with Auto Trader, um, <laughs> he's never bought a car through Auto Trader. He's never sold a car through Auto Trader. Uh, and, and, yeah, he doesn't have a massive thing for cars. It's it's absolutely bizarre. I guess maybe he got sick of them or something. But that, that would that would imply he had a thing in the past, though. When you say he got sick of them, I, well, in that he saw so many cars come and go. You know, like he was part of the industry with the touring cars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then I don't know, man. I, like, I always say to him, like, would you not want would you not want a nine eleven or an Aston? We've got the Aston Martin down the road as well, and I'm like, don't fancy something like that. He's like. I never want is a quote this. I never want a car that I struggle to get in and out of. 
You know, he doesn't want to, you know, like fall into a car or fall out. He's in his mid seventies now. Sure, he's sure. Like, he's all about comfort. He's had several um, Cayennes in the past. He liked them. I think he's had three in the past. So you know, he's had some decent cars, but you know, it's more my mum that had had cooler cars. So. Cool. And he's the not going to be driving a uh, he's not going to be driving a Golf Plus, is he? No, he drives a Bentayga, but he drives a. <laughs> He drives a diesel Bentayga. And Do they even make a is diesel that the one? Is it white? Is it white? No, that's not the one oh, it jacks. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um it's it's blue. Uh it's a very light blue. But he's owned it for ages and you know, like the thing he keeps telling me about it is it's got good miles per gallon. I'm like, that's not why you buy a Bentley, mate. But whatever. <laughs> Why isn't he buying an yeah. EV if he's worried about miles per gallon for Christ's sake? He did. He had uh, he had the really early Cayenne hybrid. Ah, okay. Like, oh. So he had that for ages, and that car freaked me out because that was the first car that I'd been in that you know had like sensors to stop you, you know, like braking sensors. Ah, and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, on yeah. The road. You know, Why is this car slowing down? What's wrong with it? You know, but no, it was supposed to. But no one had told me, so that was confusing. I've got a story about brake sensors. Recently, Ajmal knows, and most of the listeners do, but I'll let you know, PJ, I was on holiday at a place in the northwest of Western Australia called Coral Bay. We went for a um, daily, we'd go drive through the sand dunes in my Volkswagen Tiguan, and it's got all the bells and whistles. It's a full wank pack on the car, you know what I mean? It's got everything. And as you dip down into the sand dunes, which are all, you know, boggy and all that sort of stuff. Had to let air out of the tyres to get them through so it wouldn't get bogged and that and use all the diff locks and all that sort of thing. And it keeps stopping in the middle. And, you know, momentum's a big thing for off-road driving. And what's going on here? And it's because when it dips down, the pedestrian sensor thinks that someone that someone's in front of it because of how far down the front of the car drops into the sand. So you're just locked in the middle between yeah, two dunes. Everyone in the car says, oh, each time, you know what I mean? And off it goes again, then boom, off it goes again. So each time it dipped down, it was just absolutely terrible. So it was that same sort of thing. And I go, what is going on here? Because in that car, it doesn't just it, – it creates a circus act when there yeah. is a – when it does the auto stop. Like all the hazard lights go on, the whole dash goes – because the digital dash goes completely red and flashes and says stop, 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 stop and – the brake pedal automatically hits the floor and all this sort of stuff. And you're doing that while you're driving through sand, not so good. <laughs> Stuck. <laughs> See, that's because it's everything's by wire, isn't it? Because you've got, you know, accelerate by wire, you've got brake by wire. I don't think you have brake by wire in cars these days, Ajmal. I don't think that's a thing, is it? Yeah, but how how does the brake get applied? Oh, well, it, well, it electronically activates the thing because it does that in the um, – What's it called? The cruise control, adaptive cruise control. It, yeah. it, it applies brakes mechanically. So, so it can do it by wire, meaning that sure. you don't have to press the pedal for mm. it to happen. Yeah, yeah. Is steering by wire a thing? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Because for the cars that It's can called park. electric steering in a 911 if you buy a 991. No, but cars that can park, the computer oh, can yeah, control of course. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's nuts that those crucial elements whereas and, and also why you know and especially when it comes to like electronic handbrakes and stuff like that i'm gonna go off on a tangent again can we but, yeah. 
But, but you know, how, why, when you think, well, why do I need an electron cam brake when it's just a lever and a cable to the back wheels? What, why mm. do I need it to be more complicated? Why do I need it to be an electronic switch and electronic motors on the back that engage the brake? And, you know, and every, and, you know, people of a certain generation, talk about you, Mark. And, <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna go, to go on after this, go. You keep going. <laughs> people of a certain generation will say, not that I would ever do it, but I would like the option to do a handbrake turn. Look, I love an electronic handbrake. Wash your mouth out. I do. I love the auto hold button that's on my Volkswagen TIG one. Pull up at a hill, up it goes, take off, off it goes. My Cayman GT4 has an electronic handbrake, Ajmal. It's a manual GT car and it has hill assist with the electronic handbrake. Seconds mean my GR Yaris has an electronic handbrake for what taking the hell? off. I'm gonna tell you, I've probably told this story before, but fuck it, I'm gonna tell it again. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> but it was, I was on my way to work, it was snowing, it snowed that day, but I had to go in because snow, what's that? Something yeah, it's 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 <laughs> this sludgy stuff, and <clears throat> I'm in our Audi A3 Quattro 2011. And I'm driving into the office. There's big car park. No one's been in, and it's been snowing for two days. So I, I drive in, and in the instant, I think, fuck it, I'm going to do a handbrake turn. So, <laughs> so I, drive in, I drive in, and obviously, it's fresh snow. I don't think there's CCTV cameras everywhere, but there are. Yeah, yeah. And the car starts spinning. And you know when you're there holding the steering wheel, and you've got time to think, hang on, it's still spinning. It's still spinning. It's still spinning. And I'm heading towards the building. It's slowing right down to the point. It's still moving, but it's slowing down to the point that I think I can get out and probably stop it. <laughs> I've got my hands saying, I'm going, going. And it's, it stops side on right outside the front door. <laughs> so I have to squeeze myself out to go into the building. And I like I want the option to be able to do that, and I don't like that with the electronic handbrake. Yeah. Even though the handbrake come up and fair, fair. I'm not sure you should have the option to be able to do that. <laughs> There's some great advice from PJ. Look, we we get some good tips from our guests, so this could be one of the best yet, Ashmal. You know, if, if if you know if Jack's listening to this, he's he's going to be thinking, yeah, but the handbrake on your boxer doesn't work, <laughs> <laughs> along with many other things. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You sorted out the mold in that thing, man. I have, I have, I've cleaned it all up. And the thing that allowed me to do it was obviously the sun came out, so right. I did gave it the big clean, left it out for days with the top down, okay. and just every time the sun came out, dried it more, more and more. And now people actually look at it and go, "Oh, that's quite clean," as in a, it's it's in quite good nick under all the mold. Uh, but I do know that if it rains a hell of a lot, it'll um, it, the water will leak in because the door seals probably need some work. PJ, but I have been out in it. I have P- been out in it. I've, I've got. I'm just going to let PJ know. No one's ever going to say to Ajmal that is quite clean when referring to a motor vehicle. <laughs> Hang on, with an Instagram filter on, squinting. Yeah, no, not still. Even highly pixelated, you can't hide it. 
<laughs> yeah, but the thing is, no, the thing is, I would, you know what? It's actually not a bad drive apart from all the ball joints he's doing. But, um, but Jack's put me off. He, he Why? just, he just, he handed it back to me because he handed it back to me. He was so desperate to get rid of it that he dropped it around my house. And he went, are you ready to take the car back? And I went, yeah. And he went, I'll be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> and he dropped it around. And, and then he just sent me a text later saying, don't redline it. Ever. Again. Yeah. Well, I only did it once and it was, it was disastrous. PJ. Oh, yeah. Tell us about how you got into a Porsche. Ah, the story. <laughs> I, um, so I had always liked like transaxle Porsches, like, yeah, okay. uh, Porsche. because I guess I'm a child of the late 80s, uh, and you know, they looked a bit like Transformers. So, you know, pop up headlights were a dream, you know, when you were a kid of that age, sure. And, um, I used to see they were kind of the cars that you would see left on people's like. I don't know, driveways, like, for a long time. Uh, I'd always see a 924, a red 924 that I passed, and I go, I don't really know what that is, but I kind of like it. Yeah. So I had recently become single, and I had been driving a caddy van daily, and I was like, there's no way I can pick girls up in a caddy van. Like, it's, it gives off the wrong message. You could so pick up loads like, of them in that. <laughs> You could put loads of girls so you Put their arms on one side, their legs At on another. Once. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was just a little bit, you know, John Wayne Gacy. That yeah, yeah, it's a bit seedy. I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was like, I, I want to, you know, I want a car for me. I want a car that, you know, I can go pick up, you know, potential dates in and not be ashamed of. So I found a nice 944 S2. Oh, nice. That, yeah, which, uh, which I loved. I loved that car. It was awesome. You know, it flew. It was a great cruiser. It had pop-up headlights. The uh, important part. It, it was pure, like, 80s, like, or not, like, early 90s, like, drug dealer spec. It was, you know, like, white with a cobalt interior and, you know, of the time, like, 80s drug dealer, not modern drug dealer. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and important for me, distinction. I, important distinction. <laughs> They're two very different... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's Scarface vibes. Um, So, I mean, I loved that car and, you know, I only sold it a few years ago. But um, that was what kind of got me on the path to to my my ownership. Anyway, my first Porsche was was a 944. Uh, And then air-cooled ownership, I, my buddy Simon Medlicott, who you you know, Ajma, um, he had just sold his Westphalia bus that a few of us had, you know, we'd, we'd gone around uh, a bit of Europe and, and um, it was my first kind of foray into camping in an old bus abroad or whatever. So we'd had a lot of fun in that. And then, you know, out of the blue, he, you know, he put it up for sale and he bought a slate gray 912. And at the time I was like, you know, what are you doing? This is uh, like, you've just sold like, ultimate freedom to to buy what i you know at the time described as a pure old man car because because it was slate gray and it had a black interior and the interior wasn't even like great in it if i'm honest and the paint wasn't great either uh and i was like well what have you done you can't camp in this man you can't camp in a 912 like what even is a 912 it's not a 911 <laughs> i don't know 
practices. And um, so, yeah, he, he, he had been smoking around in that and he really enjoyed it and lots of photos of it. And then I think he was going to go traveling and one day we went over to his house and he was like, Look, I'm going to sell this car, but before I do, you should have a go in it because I think you'd really like it. And I was like, no, nah, you're all right, mate. <laughs> and um <laughs> so i mean i was very narrow-minded i got I, i'm not ashamed to admit that but um so he took me out and i was like oh, man, it's quite nice you know it's, it's all right i don't get it but it's all right and then he's like right well you can drive it back to where you were where we were and i was like nah and he was like no seriously you really should have a go in it before i sell it because you never know like you might regret it so i did and I was absolutely blown away, like absolutely blown away. Like, what have I been doing with my life? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I thought it was uh, honestly the most incredible old and just car I'd ever driven, I think, at that point. Like, for me, that feeling was the same feeling as the first car I ever drove on my own. You know, like when you pass your test and you're sure. like... I'm going to go for a drive in my car and, you know, maybe you drive it a little bit irresponsibly or whatever, but that feeling of freedom and excitement suddenly came back to me. And, uh, so we went, we went back to his house and made a deal there and then, and I picked the car up a few days later. So that was that. It absolutely blew me away. So Where if anyone's that? thinking about getting a 912, go and do it before they get more and more pricey honestly it's oh, too God, late they're, they're too late for that with what uh happened on spike's car radio a couple of weeks ago with jerry seinfeld basically locking down the market as Ajmal brought up in our last yeah. podcast heard, yeah. Heard. yeah it's, it's, it's yeah. twice yeah twice he's been on the last two spike's car radio he's been on he's yeah, ranting a sweet spot yeah the sweet spot of porsche is a 912 he thinks if you're buying a 60s 911, you're an idiot. You should be buying a 912. I think they're great. I really do. I mean, they don't. If if I'm being completely honest, they don't sound great, but no. they're a lovely car, and you've got all the style and elegance of an early 911, but for a lot less money and yep. probably a lot well, less. Of a well, what used to be a lot less money. Yeah, <laughs> they they still are less money. Let's be honest. They still are less. Not money. if they need work, they're not. Sorry? Not if, 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 if they need a lot of work or they've had a lot of work done, you can't hide that 911 body cost. No, yep. that's true. That's true. Yep. And, and they, they do handle a bit better. I think they do I've too, Ashmal. In all yep. fairness, like I've driven half a dozen 912s in my life. PJ, I have a 356. So I've got a some insight as what the motor's like. The, have you sold the 356? No, I still have it. I'm, oh, okay. That's my daughter's problem to sell. That's not my, that, that's never leaving. Oh, I panicked then, man. I panicked. <laughs> the um but the as a driving car, I just think they're nicer to drive than 60s, 911s. Don't get me wrong, once you hit about 73, 74, the tables turn. You know, you're dealing with more modern cars, more modern power, more modern chassis dynamics. However, those early 60s, 911s, no way. Give me 912 every day. I think as well, for me, the old cars that I had driven were like slammed Beetles on Air Ride 
and slammed buses. So for me to suddenly go into a car that's actually designed to take sports a car. Corner, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Like, sell it all. Sell it all. Like, it was a complete game changer. It was like... Um, That's exciting to hear. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, honestly, I can't, I can't I can't. stress it enough. It really was. You felt like you got in the big boys' car. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you say I went into a big boys car. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I said because <laughs> that's how I felt about getting in the GD4 when I bought it. It was like, oof. Oh, yeah, you know, I've driven a lot of yeah. 996s, 997s. I was actually looking at 996s and 997s when I bought the GD4. Don't get me wrong. There's a big, I accept there's a big price difference in Australia between those two cars, right? But I just felt like I was getting a lot more car by buying the GD4 over a 996 mm. or 997 for, even though the price difference was, you know, double, it was more than double the experience for me. So mm. that's how I justified it in my head with the whole dynamics and everything. And um, I haven't brought it up yet, but I do want to talk about mm-hmm. Spike's car radio. We mentioned it a minute ago and Jerry talking about 912s. He has mentioned that he watches a lot of YouTube channels, Ajmal. Uh, yeah, I did notice that. Didn't mention yours. Didn't mention mine. I know. I can't believe it. I, I was out for a walk in the village and who is this senior Seinfeld? He's like, yeah, yeah, see, he's talking about seeing through glass. He's you know, he's talking about Harry's garage. Who else who else was he talking about? I tell you who he uh, I tell you who he consciously old. didn't talk about. Who? But he did in a roundabout way. Who? Henry Catchpole in Carfection. I thought he did talk about Catchpole. No, what he said was these English YouTubers who overproduce their content and don't seem to have the same level of passion or enthusiasm for their products. And all I could think of was Carfection. I know. I mean, he didn't talk about underproduced videos because I'd be up there. I'd be right there. (laughs) You'd love to know whether or not he's come across any of them, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's not my, no, no, no. I don't because because the thing is, you know, when he's looking through, I mean, what would he what would he find? He's just going to find, you know, he's going to find Doug Demuro. He's going to find never heard movies. of him. Yeah, he's going to find uh, seen through glass. He's going to find remove before race. Uh, those are the type he's going to find, isn't he? Yeah, maybe. Look, I get the impression he's digging deep. Mm. You reckon? Mm. I do. Like some of the some of the YouTube channels he pulled out, I thought, hmm, never heard of them before. I, I'll tell you what, though. Some of no, I've heard. I've heard of most of them. The the one that I, I quite like at the moment. Uh, I don't know, PJ, if you've watched it. Is the uh, the Late Break Show? Yeah, yeah, man. He's sick. I yeah. forgot his name. Yeah. What's his name? Johnny Johnny Smith. That's it. Uh, How do you forget a name like John Smith? (laughs) But you're not even English. So obscure. So obscure. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I love his his thing, man. He he contacted me about um, my mate's dad has an abandoned Mercedes that he just gave up driving and just hid in a tree for 20 years. And he asked me about pulling it out of there. And I was like, I can ask. I'm not sure you're going to be able to pull it out of there, but it's like in bits now. Literally, it was a beautiful Mercedes. I remember going in it as a kid, 
one day he just stopped driving it because he was commuting to London and he literally just left it, never touched it. And now it's got laurels growing through it. Oh, wow. Because that, that's the, one of the barn find series that he's doing, isn't he? Because he's, mm. he's done a few where people have just parked something and just left it. I mean, there's some yeah. obscure, strange cars that some people have left. Uh, I think the funniest one I, I saw was the Sierra XR 4x4 or something. You know, cars that you just don't see on the road. Ford anymore. Sierra? I don't even know what that Ford is. Ford Sierra, yeah. Yeah, I don't even do, know do what that get, is. You, yeah, Ford, Ford Sierra. Do you not have that in 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 Australia? Ford Sierra, yeah, yeah. It dominated the world, uh, the touring car championship here in the in the nineties, like it would have in the UK, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, the, the Cosworths. Yeah, the Cosworths, yeah. yeah but and um, lots of non-Cosworth Sierras got imported from the UK. They've seen all four. It's like predecessor to the Mondeo. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Do you seriously not know this car, PJ? Sorry, dude. Do you seriously not know this car? No, no, I do. It's when you started saying XR something, something, something. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no idea. Now, <laughs> Cosworth's <laughs> gold. The youth of today, Mark. The youth of today. Cosworth's a gold-plated <laughs> Ajmal here in Australia. Like, I, if it was made out of solid gold, it would be cheaper than it would be if it was a real Cosworth. <laughs> No, but it was the uh, the the one that on the Light Break Show was the XR four by four, which was like a two point nine four wheel drive. Yeah, yeah, I know the one. I know the car. Six probably, and it was you know they were they were the kind of you know the the middle management drove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it ones the ones that weren't allowed to buy BMWs. Probably yes, because it was the precursor to around the same time that the Vauxhall Cavaliers became. You know, like SRI 130s and stuff like that. Because he's probably still thinking, what's he talking about? But 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 they were the because because in the 80s and early 90s, you know, in the in the 80s, you could get insured on a car as as a youth, as a young person, 17, 18, you could get insured on your dad's car. My dad had an Audi 80 Sport. I remember I went down to the insurance broker broker office with him, and he paid 50 quid to add me onto his insurance. And then obviously everyone went nuts. Hot hatches became a big thing, you know, Renault 5 GT Servos, RS Turbo Escorts, XR3Is, all of those, Astra GTEs, cars that were just people going out, modifying the hell out of them, crashing them. Uh, They've been stolen to order. On, the, on their center. dad's insurance. Suddenly, yeah. And yep. Yeah, and suddenly, you know, no youth was allowed to be insured on anything that wasn't a 1.1. I only had my eyes open to your insurance conundrum in the UK probably about 10 or 12 years ago because here in Western Australia, we had a mining boom and my business at that time, I employed a lot of young people, but they all went and worked for mining companies who I couldn't compete with on wages. So I advertised and imported a lot of UK people to come in to Australia. I paid for them to come over and bought a couple of houses from the living and all that sort of stuff, you know, and they worked for me for three to six months at a time and then they went over east and to the east and coast of Australia. Did you, did, you, did you confiscate their passports? When they no, were? no, look, they, you know, as long oh, as right, they okay. stayed with me for three months, I was ahead, you know what I mean? So it, was, it all worked out well. You, I'm just checking if you were actually people trafficking. Or just no, I wasn't, no, no. Yeah, sorry. I brought them over in a sea <laughs> container, Ajmal. No, the... Yeah, I just not object. <laughs> but they're telling me about how... At the age of like 20, 21, 22, they just couldn't afford to own motor cars because the insurance was so expensive. I'm thinking, what's yep. going on here? 
Oh, crazy. How, what do you do over there to your cars, for Christ's sake? Well, it was the constant, it was the being stolen race. But who's stealing well, them? What's going on here? I, th- I think oh. as well that, you know, almost 90% of the time it's piss wet out here. You know, it's oh, dark. I hadn't even thought of that, PJ. It's a good point you've you brought know. up. And also we're all dedicated street racers from the hood. So, you know. <laughs> yep. Actually, now you brought that up, when you talk hot hatch, Ajmal, all I'm thinking now is wet weather, late night, talk steer mm-hmm. from a front-wheel mm-hmm. drive car that's turbocharged. First-hand account, I can. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I've not had a turbocharged front-wheel drive car. But really? I've had, I, I, no. Mate, you I, fit I, the I, profile I, of a Saab turbo driver, though. No, 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 no. I've, I've never had. I've driven a Saab 9000 Carlson. Carlson? What's that? Yeah, Carlson. That's like that's like the holy grail of no, no. road-going Saabs. No, no, no. What's the name of that jet that they made? Oh, <laughs> no, the Saab on, on. 900 that had the Saab with V, Vigan or something like that. Yes, I know v- which one you mean. That, it, that was it, the it pinnacle was of Saab. Yeah, it, it was recently, <laughs> not not recently, probably about five, six, seven years ago, it was on an episode of Wheeler Dealers. Oh, was it really? Yes, where they bought one in America and they turned it into like a, not a race car, time trial type car. Oh, yeah. So but, just hang on, I'll give PJ an update here. We're talking about Saab 900s here, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know you do know what a Saab 900 body shape looks like? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I do. But yeah, it's I'm, a shocker. He's, he's looking on Google, Google it up right now, now right, while we're talking. <laughs> Saab 900 Turbo Vigan was like the pinnacle of performance for Saab, like 350 horsepower through the front wheels. Every gear change was the right turn. <laughs> it made a mini feel like a real drive car. It was shocking. Well, oh, I, I did. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I was like, we talking about vegan subs, man. It's no, terrible. No, vegan, <laughs> V-I-G, not, v, not vegan. <laughs> yeah, there's no natural leather in it. It's <laughs> like, so ahead of its time. <laughs> it's um, it has something to do with Scania because they made aircraft as well. Scania do for the Swedish Air Force, and Vigan is a type of aircraft or something like that. Well, that was the thing. The, the TV ads over here in in the eighties were all kind of you know the company that makes fighter jets. Oh, was and, it? You know, yeah. And the TV ad came on, and you saw a Saab nine hundred turbo going up a runway, and a fighter jet coming up over it, and it would I... and, the, and the and the letters would come up. Sierra, Alpha, Alpha, Bravo. <laughs> this is literally the image I'm looking at now is a Saab yes. with two fighter jets over the top of it. That's the one, 80s ads. But for me, uh, driving, I mean, I drove, drove my dad's uh, Audi 80 Sport, yeah, yeah. which, you know, was a 1.8, it had the 1.8 Golf GTI engine and it was a 1984 car. Sure. And it did North 16, something like eight and a bit seconds. Still quick. So huge. It was quick, yeah, and it was a it was a family saloon. Yeah, and if you floored it in first second, you got tons of torque steer. Yeah, yeah. If you know when you, when you went, if you didn't have the steering grip, it would just literally go yeah, off yeah, in a yeah. fraction. And but other than that, I didn't really drive. I mean, the only really turbo powered hatch that I've driven is like our Golf R that we had a few years ago. Yeah, that's yeah. four wheel drive though. That's idiot proof. Yeah, was completely. It- what was that? Was that PJ? So there's a hell of a car, a Golf R. 
Oh man, my wife still when she sees one, she goes, "Oh, so missed that car." <laughs> and then you got a Boxster in a nine nine six. She must be. Uh, yeah. Well, well, the thing is that, that she she drives a an Audi A three. It's our family wagon. It's like a bog standard bottom of the range one because we also need it to go to the tip. <laughs> and, but the the Golf R we just simply sold because the dealership was offering us too much money to take it back. It's like four years old with 20,000 miles on it. And I think it was something like £4,000 less than we paid for it. Um, and we just thought, I don't want to trash it because we're renovating the yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. yeah, take what you can uh, while you can. Yeah, and you just go, well, let's just get rid of it and then we'll probably we'll probably buy another one in five years, but then the price is still going up. Yeah. I'm talking about car selling. PJ, I have a GA Yaris. Which is yeah. quite a um, you know young hot hatch enthusiast car there in the UK. The mm-hmm. I no, it's not young enthusiasts can't afford it <laughs> no, or insure it. But no, but they want one. About it. Yeah, they, that's this is my point. This well, this is a classic conundrum of cars, isn't it? The young people mm-hmm. want what they can't afford, and the old people can't get in them. You know, there's it's classic Lamborghini Ferrari problem. Anyway, that aside, the GA Yaris, it's getting repaired at the moment because it had a kangaroo in it, like a good Aussie does, you know what I mean? And <laughs> it's been delayed two months because they've got a Toyota Japan, have got to hand make a wiring loom to go to the front headlight or something like, anyway. It's, it's, it's grief. Oh, it's just that they just didn't make enough cars and they didn't make enough spares and all that sort of stuff. It's just. Classic small low volume production problem. Yeah. Um, today I get a phone call from collecting cars auction okay. site saying that there's a car that's for sale at the moment that I did a video on nearly three years ago now. They're saying we want we're just confirm we can use your video and I said yeah no problem you knock yourself out the and but we can't get your channel because it was hacked. I said no worries I'll load up to another platform and you can access from there because I still had the original video and he says we see you've bought a new car on your social media what are you doing with the uh, GA Yaris I said look I'm actually going to sell it when it gets repaired blah blah he says oh yeah we're all over that we'd like you to sell it on collecting cars a GA Yaris I said isn't that like selling a I said to him isn't that like selling a Hyundai XL or something on collecting cars wouldn't you don't you want like the exotic stuff so I may end up selling, and he threw a number in front of me that I'm going to struggle to say no to. Well, you know, it's I guess they can pay quite a lot because, well, it is a site to launder money, isn't it? It's pretty <laughs> You love bringing this up every second you can, <laughs> don't you, Ismail? <laughs> oh, we play two cars and what's the other one? Bring a trailer. Yeah. Prices are insane. It's got to be money laundering. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a money laundering thing. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what do you think about yeah, option sites, PJ, especially with air-cooled V-dubs and stuff? Just for the perp, as, a, as a disclaimer, my opinions are my own and, uh, you know. <laughs> don't represent Porsche Talk <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I don't represent <laughs> anybody else. <laughs> PJ, what do you think about these car auction sites, especially over the COVID period where everyone's at home and got nothing to do but other than click, bid, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Air-cooled cars have gone radio rental, right? That's an Aussie yep. term for mental. The, no, it's actually, it's actually an English term for mental. Do you have radio rental in the UK? We used to. Okay. I've never heard of this. You've not? 
See, mate, you hadn't heard of a Saab, so we're not even going to enter you into the conversation. But what do you think? No, I've got to tell PJ now. Hang on, hang on. I've got to tell PJ about Radio Rentals. Okay, this is going to be good. Radio Rentals was, was a chain of shops in the 80s and probably before where you could go and rent a television. Okay. So you just rent it or, or a washing machine or a fridge. <laughs> And you'd rent it. So you'd basically rent it. It would arrive for three years. You'd pay X amount. And then after three years, they'd take it away and probably replace it with a new one. I'd really like them to do that with expensive race simulators. I'd love to rent a race simulator for a year, but not own it. Everything's going subscription. That is an idea you heard here first. We should do that. (laughs) Oh, my God. With all that money you've got right now, Ashmal, you can invest in it. Yeah, I mean, you guys would have to stump up the cash, obviously. <laughs> You're just an ideas man, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just an ideas guy. I mean, look, PJ's running a car show and you're about to sell a GR. You guys are just rolling in it. <laughs> it's just called debt management, Ajma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted your flow about air cool prices going radio. Yeah, I want to hear PJ's uh, take on what a combi's worth on collecting cars or bring a trailer or cars and bids these days. Sorry, just to interrupt again, Chicken Oriental is something you could have used as well. Chicken Oriental? (laughs) I'm there. That is a good one. I love it. (laughs) There you go. You learn something new every day. (laughs) No, (laughs) Sorry, sorry, (laughs) PJ. The prices, sorry, the prices. Yeah, they got Chicken Oriental. (laughs) I think you've broken Mark, man. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Mark, Mark, focus. I'm gone. I'm gone. <laughs> oh, poor Mark. <laughs> With PJ, the prices have gone mental. I'm not going to say it again just for the thing. He's gone off camera. And they have gone crazy. And I know I joke about uh, bring a trailer and collecting cars, but... Uh, th- those prices are reflective of what you know people are charging, and if you look at demand, uh, I mean, you it's know, called demand, uh, Ashmal. Reflective of demand. Yeah, yeah and you know, um, PJ, you know, rent vehicle design, right? Sorry, say that again. Uh, uh, oh yeah, rent vehicle design. Yeah, and those yeah, guys, yeah. you know, the 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 912s that they're selling in right hand drive form, they're crazy prices. A 911T and a 912 in right hand drive in in awesome condition are almost the same price i think the 912 is probably a little bit more at the moment what what than a right hand drive what? yeah i mean you speak to because uh, i looked this up because simon jessup um a photographer you'll find him on instagram he i was talking to him about it and he said oh yeah that that's what's happened and then i thought yeah, that can't be right so i went and looked it up and he's right well now's the time to buy a 911t because that will change so. Yes, eventually. Well, because 912s are having a moment, I think. A bit of and a cold status, yeah. maybe. Um, what do I think in general about air-cooled prices? Um, I think it's I think it's actually pretty tragic, if I'm honest. I mean, it's, it's good for people that have invested and they want to make money, but the whole thing with Volkswagens in particular was that you could get into these for relatively cheap. Um, yep. and you could have a nice, well-built car and really enjoy it. And... Definitely with buses, it's just it's just obscene, man. Like certain buses are going for like 175 grand. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, well, why? That bus, you know, I know it's you know hindsight and whatever, but 
I remember as a kid, when I was coming up to 17, looking at buses and being like, I'm going to get one of these when I'm older, I'm going to get one of these. And it's like, you know, back in the day, you would have gotten into a nice 23 window bus for, for way under 30 grand. And like I said, now, you know, even for like a, a heap and some of the heaps that are getting restored now absolutely blow me away. Um, but, you know, even for a heap now, you're, you're, you're looking at, for, for a 23, you're looking at over 100 grand. And it was always, you know, a stepping stone, like, like the 912. I always used to think someone is to get, get into Porsche ownership, much like the 996, much like the Boxster, you know, something that you could really enjoy driving, but it would mean that not a massive investment. And everybody thinks oh, it's a great thing, but it's not, you know, my 912, for example, it might be worth more than I pay for it. But if I sell it, can I buy another one? I can't. No, well, what's the point? Thing. It's like you know when you live in your house and it goes the price goes right up and everybody goes oh that's brilliant no it's not because every other house has gone up as well it makes no difference and and it doesn't put money in your pockets it's just fake dollars. I mean like with the combi that I've got behind me it's a sixty seven and I probably will never buy another one again because I'm going to refuse to pay what they will go up to if they continue at the rate they're going. There's just there's just no point they're not worth it. They're not worth mm. it. They're it's, great. They're a great status vehicle, but they're not worth it. It's, it's, it's interesting think, you bring that topic up because that, that's where I was heading on the conversation. I've got a – my daughter loves combis, Beatles, mm-hmm. air-cooled, just the sound. And it's probably because of the 356, you know, like she's – we've had it since she was born, you know. And the – I reckon I've owned somewhere between 7 and 10 – Beatles in my life. Oh, cool. Right. Love them. But they were disposable cars to me. Mm. Like I owned these cars in the late 80s, early 90s. So they were throwaway vehicles at that point. Like I specifically remember paying $27 for a new engine or an engine, not a new engine, an engine at a wrecker that ran because mine no longer did. And I swapped it at the wrecking yard. You know what I mean? Whilst I was there with a jack, you know what I mean? So the whole thing was, that's, it's just a different world back then. And I look at Beatles now and I know what a Beatle is and I can't justify the cost of what a Beatle is for how much the asking price is here in Australia, which I, I know, sure, it's proportionate to other places around the world, but if I want a decent Beetle, that's a... Ten to fifteen thousand pound car. Oh yeah, easily depending on the year as well. And it's so with 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 Beatles in particular, you know, like those small changes over the years are what completely change a vehicle from being worth ten grand up to fifty grand. Quite, oh, quite for easily. sure. Like if, if I want a car that doesn't have, or if I want a, an IRS car or a disc brake car, but things are just. It, it, I just, they made millions of them. Why are they dear? And anything pre-67 is going to be worth more in the in the Beetle market. Mm-hmm. But then once you're down into split window Beetles, that's where it just goes absolutely yeah. Oh, it's the same as split window combis though, isn't it? You put a safari window to a combi, yeah. you may as well gold plate the thing. Yeah. When, um, um, when, did, they, when did they stop making the Beetle? It was 2000 in Brazil. Was it 2000 oh. and... Uh, I don't know. Fairly recently. I mean, they're so, so far uh, 
I don't know. I've never really looked at it. I can't remember. It's like 2013. Yeah. There's, there's a guy. There's a guy in a village who has a 2001 Beetle that you've probably seen him driving around. White. A white one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and and it's just you know it's it's insane that you, when you look at it and you think oh there goes a Beetle and then you go hang on that's a 2001. Hang on, that's got um, Bluetooth. And it, <laughs> hang on, it's got Bluetooth. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So I think it's insane how those prices have gone and how difficult it's become for someone to get into them now. And the classic example, PJ, is that car behind you. No one liked that car when it, yeah, no one liked that car. And I don't know why. I didn't. Because it's, I didn't like it. But it well, it's similar <laughs> to, me, to me. It's similar to. No offense, PJ. I'm just saying my opinion from when they came out. <laughs> but when, but, but it's, it's similar to the 996. You know, when it, when it came along, it was it was so different because it made a 911 modern. It made it reliable. You could run it for much longer and you could use it pretty much as a daily. But then what happened was people started, you know, backdating them, Singer, uh, Theon, all of these Restomod companies came along and they basically took them all off the road. But if you now find a good one, people look at it and go, oh, that's actually a really good looking car. The same thing that people are now saying and will say in the future about a 996, because the 996, when it came along, it was car of the year on the, in Evo magazine. And everyone, if you read all the reviews from back then, said it's better in every way than the 964. I mean, 993. Uh, the sorry, the, sorry, the 993. It's, it's not, the 93 it's not in every way. way. It's not better in every way, Ashmel. No, but it's not, but it's not now. No, no, it wasn't then. It wasn't better looking than a 993. The looking was subjective. But that was subjective, wasn't it? That was the, Who, the, you the look, find me it? one person when the 996 came out says that it was better looking than a 993. No, one, show look, me one, the, one person. Yeah, take the, take the looks away because they're subjective, but in, in the way that it was engineered, the oh, way yeah, it drove. Sure. Um, all of all of the things that made it a better driving yep. car, aircon and, worked, and, and the looks thing just completely aircon worked, and the looks thing just completely divided everybody. Um, and it's only people are now starting to come around saying, "Well, actually, it's growing on me." And if you look at you know all the YouTubers, they've all got one. Seen through glass had one. TG had one. Uh, 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 well, Ajmal's. Internet has gone to rubbish yeah. as usual about this time of the podcast. Every time we podcast, the I think the I think it, you know oh, Ajmal's back. Ajmal with the um, nine nine six everyone on YouTube mentality. Yeah, I think it's more to do with price than quality of product. And Lee brought that up himself. Lee Sibley. Hmm. Because it is yes. the it, it is, is the most cost effective way into really. nine eleven ownership of any series. Yeah, not to no, agree with please that. and please appreciate. I'm not trying to devalue the quality of nine nine six. I know they are good cars to drive, and every metric other than the subjective aesthetic, it is a better car than a nine nine three. However, it is also much larger than a nine nine three. You know, so that whole small sports car feel, that was the real trigger of change for me in the 911 yeah. product line. If you look at um, from about 63, 64 when the first 911s come out through to 993, 
Sure, they grew, but they only grew by about 10%. As soon as you get in 996, they all blew up like they were American. I know, but even from there, if you go to a 997, you know, Carrera 4S, you go to oh, they're a massive. 991, you go to a 992, and I've stood next to a 992 at the dealership, and, I, you know, I drove It's a massive car. Yes. The front track massive. on that car is massive when you're in the driver's seat. Yeah. So when, you know, and when I was talking to Tina at the dealership and I said, well, this McCann GTS, yeah, brilliantly engineered car, amazing. Everything about it is amazing, but you just can't feel the performance. It's too easy to drive. It's just not a particularly engaging thing. And I like the engagement of an old car and PJ, you, that's why you have an old car, Mark. That's why you have an old car. And she went, it, that's what a new 911 feels like. That's what a 992 feels like. Don't take her word for it, Ajmal. Tell her you need to find out for yourself. I know, I need to go and see her again. But it's a whole, like, five miles away. Yeah, fair cop. Yeah. The, um, I, hey. uh, moving back, back to the 94, I was absolutely blown away by this because I was like, it's got tech. I was like, it's got cruise control. It's got, it's got like, a digital clock. Like, <laughs> this kind of stuff blew me away. I was like, oh, my God, heating. I'm used to, like, really old cars, like... So for me, this is a mod. This is, I think, this is like perfect in my opinion. You've got all the charms of an older car, but you've got convenience and comfort of a, yep. a modern car. So for me, it's it bridges cool. a gap really nicely. See, I thought that I was doing that when I bought myself a VW Scirocco Mark One. That wasn't though. I, I bought a Storm, and what's a I Storm? Thought, yeah, a Storm's like the the top VW Strocker model. Oh, okay. And, you know, they came, the, the early one, mine was an early one. It was like a 1980, 79. And it was the, it had the Golf GTI 1.6 engine in it. The interior was very similar to a Golf Mark 1 GTI. And uh, it's completely, again, it was a drunken purchase off eBay. And when it got on the road, I started using it to go to work. And it was autumn and it was brilliant. I used to rev the nuts off it. It was fantastic. And then as the weather changed, obviously they're not waterproof. The fan isn't very good. And I was parking on my driveway, which was quite steep, and water would pool in different places under the engine bay and the boot. So when I went downhill through my village, Slosh. all the water would yeah it would go into different places. And the one day it just went straight into the heater. And, you know, it's, it's raining. I've got the heater on full blast. Smoke starts billowing out from under the dash. I just park the car and I stand across the road looking at it thinking, is it going to catch fire? And it doesn't. The smoke clears. And so I just get back in, fire it off, and I carry on to work. <laughs> but, but, the, but the fan doesn't work. And I drove it for another three days. And I had uh, like a two-sponge, three-cloth system in there. Yeah, yeah, and good, I had, good. And, and, and I had to have a sponge on the end of a stick. So I to reach the, the other side. side. Yeah, because it meant that I could change lanes on the motorway. Yeah. Uh, without you know risking my life and the life of other drivers, uh, but I, I did that. I drove it for three months and I thought I can't keep doing this, so I ended up flogging it. And I kind of regret that because it's like tripled in value in five years. That's yeah, what to a thousand pounds to three thousand? You got it? No, it's gone from three thousand to twelve. I sold it for three really? and a half thousand. Yeah, I bought it for five hundred and twelve pounds. Oh yeah, okay. Look, I I would suggest that if your wife ever does actually listen to our podcast. Never happening. Yeah, because why would she support the man she loves, right? Yeah. The She should ban you from eBay. 
She's tried that. She's tried that. The the nine twelve is the she is not happy that I sold the MG. MG yeah, because she used to love driving that. Sure. Uh, the nine twelve, when I bought it, obviously I bought it without looking at it. It's quite a lot of money, which I had to borrow mostly from her. And then, <laughs> and then because I I bid on it, I won it, and I was like, shit, I haven't got the money. So I had to say to her, uh, can I please borrow some money? And then the first time I bought it home from Jack's. And I parked it out front and she looked out the window and she she went, Yeah, I, I get why you bought that. Just look at it. It's gorgeous. And then yeah. and then she pointed at the 996 next to it and she went, but I do not get that. <laughs> and I went, What do you mean? Look at it. It's a nice looking car. And she went, it smells, it's noisy, it's this, it's that. And I went, You could be describing one of my children. Yeah, okay. <laughs> my um with the GD4, my wife's only been out in it once, right? And she driving said, it. no, as a passenger, she's just not interested oh. in driving it. She says to me, you know, it, it just feels like another one of those loaner cars they keep giving you. Did you tell her to get out? No, no. Look, <laughs> she said, because I, I do get to rotate through cars semi-regularly through people I know and through the port, local Porsche dealership. She says, feel, it doesn't feel real that it's ours. It's, it just feels like another loaner car that you've been given. Anyway, the, um, hey, we've talked about 992s before. Sorry, PJ. The, I just want to bring up some Porsche news, which Ooh. I tried to start last episode that would actually talk about Porsches, right? Yeah, we struggle with that, don't we? Oh, a little bit. Talking about Porsches little sometimes. Bit. We've got PJ on this time to keep us on straight and narrow. Oh, no, but no, it's not working that well. Bloody Saabs and voxels and stuff. Sierras. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> PJ's example, we had Brock on, you know, Brock uh, 996 road trip on Instagram. Okay. Do you know him? Yeah, he's got uh, a tent on the 996. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, you know, he's got like hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram. We had him on and uh, he was on for like 90 minutes and we literally it's didn't like talk Porsche. To talk about car- we didn't talk Porsche or cars. <laughs> I don't even know what we talked about. So we had to get him back on yeah. as a part two to talk about cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit yeah. distracted. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're pros. We're pros. So the um, Porsche talk. Here we go. Porsche will have slippery, sneakily announced the 992 Sport Classic this week. Oh, oh. Why, why have they done that so stealthily? I don't know. It hasn't been a big. Hurrah out there. They're going to make, I think it was 1,250 units, manual, turbo. Ducktail, 992. That's the big question. D-tuned 550 horsepower. Who needs more than 550? Who needs more than about 350? That's true. But the big question. Okay. <laughs> well, I feel like the big the big question is: Has it got an electric handbrake? <laughs> of course it will. It's a nine nine two. I don't. I'm not interested. <laughs> Porsche. I'm not I know you're going to give me one, Porsche. Ajmal's out. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Porsche. I'm out. <laughs> it looks good. Oh, you've just googled it, have you? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it looks sick. 
Yeah, I, I, I haven't really liked think, situations either, so I'm quite into this. I'm one. not. I wasn't that keen. I'd say it's something to do with the whole. I think it's the 50th anniversary of the RS coming up. 73 RS is due. Okay. You know, so that's imminent. This might be that car. I don't know. You know, the 50th anniversary celebration of that car because they're not going to deliver these till 23 now. Look, it's have you eight, seen photos? No. Oh, okay. It's it literally looks like just a new version of all the previous ones. Yeah. Okay. Like color wise and everything. I'm it's, sure it's uh, white with a chalk GT stripe yeah. or something. Is it? Yeah, it's got a very retro interior. Oh, nice. Is that? It? I think it actually looks quite classy. I've always had a problem with these kind of like retro modern 911s. So I'm just like, just just go and buy an old one. Don't pretend. Look, of, of the modern cars that harken back to those old cars i quite liked the interior of the there's one here in perth what is it the other oh, the 50th anniversary 911 the 991 and it's got like a pepita inserts on the lightweight carbon buckets and it's like a saddle interior and it's a white or a chalk color car i can't remember what color it is but the color combo just worked really well with that 50th anniversary car that they've got here in Perth, mm. the you know that someone has of, and the nine eleven R was a really good example yeah. of a car done well again. And now for me, I think it's the pinnacle at the moment of you know as the the model has progressed. I think for me the pinnacle is still the Carrera T. I just love that look, the way it looks. It's probably not more. Yeah, Did, it just it just looks fantastic. I could. It's look, almost. It's so gone. I think it's a GD3 touring. Is a pinnacle of the you know, that balance of looks, performance, handling that whole the manual engagement. I think GD3 touring is just the amazing, you know. The the I'm talking about the 991, not the 992. I like oh, the right. no, okay. The 991, because it actually had different suspension too. Mm. Stupid big wing, but the 992 has the same, it's exactly the same car without the wing. So I think they should have made, my only regret is that they don't make a GD3 Touring with four seats. Oh, that's true. Yes. Yeah, like a, a GDS but with a GD3 motor in it. Yeah. And manual. Yep. I think that would just be the sweet spot for the brand. So, PJ, mm-hmm. if you had the money, mm-hmm. would you buy a more modern 911? If you I, just could I, just, I just don't really have the love, if I'm honest. I don't know if there's something wrong with me or I was like, I'm from some kind of reincarnated person who peaked in the 1950s. But um, I, I think, if if I'm honest, I think Mark's nailed it with the gt4 i think that's where i would go i like that it's you know me and june argue about this not not argue but we we've discussed this previously you know occasionally you'll i'll spec and before covid anyway before the prices kind of didn't go down as much as i hoped um you know we'd spec cars and like i came really close to buying a 718 uh yeah 718 uh cayman and I ended up not doing it because I always had the doubt. Um, 
about whether or not I'd regret it and rather have a 9-11 or, you know, because I've got the two kids and blah, blah, blah. But I think for me personally, the, the GT4 is is what I would, if, if you know, not, not say money, no object, because I wish they would. It's a difficult question because you know that some of the vehicles are worth more and therefore I, I work yep. on the idea that I could sell it for more. But <laughs> but I, I do think that the 718 or the previous GT4s are, are probably where I would want to be anyway. Um, the light, they're lightweight, they're sporty. Uh, I think they look sick as well. You know, it's a future classic all day long. Um, yep. I think the new 911s are so big. But they look amazing. They look amazing. So, I, I think it, I think you I think you're right because for me it's even though it would be a daily, I still like to be engaged in what I'm doing. I like you know the car that nine six four behind you. You have to think about what you're doing. My nine nine six is a modern car, but it still makes mm. me think. I still have to think. You know, good good clutch press, place it on the road. I can floor it in any gear and it just gives me that little bit of a buzz. I love that. Okay. Whereas, you know, like in that McCann GTS that I drove, it, it didn't give me, as James May would say, it didn't give me the fizz. Sure. Sure. I can get that. The, um, I did yeah. drive, I haven't driven many modern Porsches, but um, I did have a go in a Boxster T. Um, oh, that's which interesting. I, yeah. Which I really liked. I wouldn't have bought it. I was, it was, more that I was interested in the 718T, like the Cayman version. Yep. But they didn't have one at the time. And that was a manual as well. And I don't know, man. I thought it handled like like God level of like God tier mm. handling. Um I didn't really enjoy the manual box because it was so quiet for me. I'm used to a car which, you know, doesn't even have a working rev counter, but I have to be able to hear it. Yeah. Um so for me, I was kind of like, oh, it felt like it was a little bit in between. But I mean, like I said, handling-wise, man, I was like, oh, this is epic. Because <laughs> I, I agree with the, I have to be able to hear it. Because, you know, sometimes you could be in a modern car and you, you know, especially when you're doing the paddles, you might press the wrong paddle or you're, you know, yeah, yeah. Quick, and it's it's bouncing off the red line and you don't know because it's not really making any noise. Whereas yeah, I, wa- I want to know that the car is in agony and it's about to explode, which most of mine sound yeah. like all the time. So. But I mean, the 356 I've got is like so loud. <laughs> you yes, don't have I'd a be near it when it's been running. What exhaust yeah, you got yeah. on it, PJ? I've got a Sebring. Yep. Um, by Carbon, Carbon Connection. Yeah, okay. And it's, it's literally... It's as by loud. Do you know what I mean? Have like, you got the this do Carmen connection? Do they have the baffle in as well? Or have you got it there? One. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is I loud. I've got, I've got, I had a Sebring on my car, and even with the baffle in it, it was a neighbor hater. You know what I mean? And yeah. my, my wife and daughter did enjoy being in the car that much. So I recently, when I say recently, in the last twelve months, fitted a Dunsk sports exhaust to it. And how is it? Um, a bit droney at about 65 to 67 mile an hour. Under that, perfect. Over that, perfect. Okay. So it's it still has a – it's still a deep enough um, sound that you know it's not a Volkswagen. You mm. know what I mean when I say that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, you know you're dealing with a high-performance flat-four motor when you hear it. Mm. 
the fit was seven out of ten. Okay. You know, with regards to where all the flanges lined up and the I've replaced my heater um boxes you with just J pipes. Yeah. Right. And the J pipes are dunsk ones as well, but the whole thing needed a bit of jiggy jig to slide together. And <laughs> yeah. the slotted expanded Mark, Mark in England that's called jiggery pokery. Okay, jiggery pokery. Right. <laughs> Yeah. The um don't make me laugh again. The <laughs> the slots that are made for the expanded part of the muffler that go over the J pipe or the heater exchanger are longer than the Dunsk supplied J pipes. Right. So I have to get them extended, but at the moment I've got to clamp around them to try and seal it. You know, and it's hmm. a company like that should have this shit together, shouldn't they? Yeah, I find that always happens with like old old cars. Like, yeah, but that it shouldn't. If anything, it should happen new because they haven't got a, a motor to test it on. Like how many three five six motors were there out there for Christ's sake? Mm, you know, they, yeah. they they could have sorted this out, and they were an OE supplier for Christ's sake. They would have had, they would have been given a motor to build the exhaust for to send a Porsche when they built the cars new. I. Um, with my one, the the Carmen Connection one, it's like very clear on the website that it's handmade. Yeah. And when I was choosing the one, because they've got this cool old converted pub, and they were like, this one is slightly less handmade looking than this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'd just um, like to say Carmen Connection and Dance, we're still looking for sponsors, so, you know. <laughs> oh, no, I love the <laughs> I like that it's, I like that it's handmade. I like yeah. that. But like, that was do you know, their do you know what I don't like handmade? Crisps. What? Hand I don't like hand cooked crisps. Hand cooked crisps. Yeah. Have you not He's crisps like potato chips? I feel like we're going out on a tangent here that wasn't welcome. I, I I know, but it's it's a thing. It's a thing that I have a problem with. It's like hand cooked crisps is not a thing. How do they put the hand in the fat? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how it works. It's sort of thing doesn't even make sense. Give me Walkers any day. Oh. I'll assume Walkers is a brand of crisps. I think it's Lay's yes. everywhere else. We don't we don't actually call them crisps in Australia. Do you call them potato chips? We call them chips. You see that? We also you we know hot chips, chips you have with fish and chips? chips. Yeah, fish we and chips, chips chips, right? We also call them chips. Yeah. So at any moment that's, in time you don't know which one you're getting. That that's a bit mad. What that's do you call skin on chips? Skin on? Skin on, don't give me that face. Skin on chips, you know the ones that I, I berate Magnus about. No one actually, no one actually. Magnus eats skin on chips. He's like, he's, he's forgotten. He's from Sheffield. Magnus, we love you. Please come on the podcast. But <laughs> it's like he's forgotten. That he's from Sheffield. In Sheffield, they don't eat you know skin on chips. Other than the skin on chip conversation, what else are we going to talk to Magnus about when he does come on? Uh, we're we're going to talk about designer jeans. What about personal hygiene? I wouldn't want to cast aspersions on his personal hygiene because of the way. Have you seen the beard? Yeah, he's got lunch in there I'd from three days ago. I'd I'd love to have a beard like that. No, you wouldn't. Stuff. That'd be a pain in the ass. No, I wouldn't. You got, be he's got rid of his dreadlocks, hasn't he? Have I seen that? Has he? He's been wearing a bit of a bowler recently, hasn't he? A bowler. A bowler. Or has he got a bowler, a bowler in hat. his beard? No bowler type hat. Not not 
like a not like a Merv Hughes. <laughs> a Merv Hughes. <laughs> you know Merv. How can you not know who Merv Hughes? I know is? who Merv Hughes is. Ed, you know who Merv yeah, Hughes bowler. is. Bowler. I meant bowler hat. Yeah, but I think when I think Merv Hughes, I think mustache, handlebar. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Merv Hughes. <laughs> What is you that? Don't know, uh, no, what is he's, that? He's not going to know who Murphy is. I feel like, what, like before when you're talking about cars, PJ, I thought, geez, this guy looks good for his age. But when you say you don't know who Murphy is, is straight away I know, yeah, you are that young. Yeah. Um, what, 30, 34. Oh, see, Ajmal's got jeans that old. <laughs> I did, I did. He's looking. He's thinking. I can see now. He's thinking whether or not he does no, have no, jeans no. at all. Wait, wait, wait. So the whole jeans thing. I'm actually. I got a pair of jeans. I know how we were going to talk about jeans. I'm sorry. I got. I got. Yeah, we are gonna. We uh, started on yeah, Magnus. We have to read jeans. I, there's a pair of jeans that's on the floor next to my bed that I took out of the cupboard and throws them away because like they're all, they're not thirty years old. Or 34 years old, they're 24 years old. 24 years old. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty sick, though. And then yeah, the boot cut. Boot cut. Boot cut. Oh Mate, you can't get rid of yeah. those. No, I've got to get rid of them. They've got holes in them all over. My mum's repaired them like a gazillion times. And now they're just made of patches. Unless you sewn a butterfly pack. Let's see them. eBay them. They'll be worse. No, I can't. Send him to Magnus. Send him to Magnus. Just post him to Magnus, right, and say, look, we'd love to have you on. Does he wear boot cuts? And they're going to fit him, but he's he he made his dough through jeans. That's how Magnus got his money. Yeah. Recycling secondhand jeans. I thought he went serious serious jeans. Magnus, you need to come on and tell us this story. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And then they'll get you to talk about hand-cooked chips and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and Saab 900s. He'd be all over Saab 900s. Yeah, he'd be, he would be Saab 900s. Yeah. In fact, he might be older than us. I don't know, maybe me, but I'm not sure about you. Yeah, fair enough. I think he's older than me. <laughs> but every, look, PJ, your car behind is older, older than you. You had <laughs> <laughs> a modern, you had a 911 you described as modern that's probably older than you. Uh, yeah. No, no, it's not. No, <laughs> I was four. I was four. <laughs> oh God! Hey, I don't know. Do, you, just... do either of you guys listen to um, Matt Farah's podcast? What is it? Smoking I, tire. I have. Smoking tire. Smoking tire or yeah, smoking tire. What's the? What's the? One take, isn't it? He's on YouTube. Yeah, that's his YouTube but, thing. Yeah, but smoking, yeah, he had. Yeah. I've watched that a few times. That um. Wait, wait, wait! Before you say, it, don't don't say anything to piss Matt Farrow off because you know we want him on. No, no, this isn't going to. No, this is related because I know um, PJ. If you haven't listened to his a recent one he had with the guy from Hall and Oates, who's got yeah, an okay. Emery. Was it was it Hall or Oates? Oates. Here's the porridge guy. Right, the um, <laughs> the um, he actually, for his seventieth birthday, commissioned an Emory Motorsports build. Wow, basically the dream, that isn't it? If you're yeah. a three five six guy, it's the dream, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, if you're a three five six person, you know what it is. But if you're not, it's a very extremely custom 
singer style three five six car. The so Mark, yes, PJ. I'll, I'll let you finish what you're going to say, and then I'll I'll go on this time. Anyway, he does a great talk about this car, about the process of ordering, buying, and living with his Emory Motorsports car. So if anyone is actually interested in Emory Motorsports cars, and if you're a 356 enthusiast, you should be, listen to Matt Farrow's podcast because it is actually quite interesting hearing this guy's take on the process and ownership of said car. That's quite cool. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Oh, my God, we need Rod Emery on. He's hard to get hold of. Brock knows him. Brock knows him. Brock knows everyone, but he's, who's Brock given us? Tell him. Give me one name. Well, hang on. He's uh, doesn't he doesn't he live near Rod Emery? He actually does live very near Rod Emery. Let's go around there. Get get us on Facetime. Go around there. I've got a bear idea, Ashmal. Why don't we go around there? Oh my <laughs> God, I'm not uh, the US though. What's wrong with that? I'm in, I'm 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 in LA for my honeymoon, so I'll go around for you guys. You getting married soon? Yeah. Good decision. Congratulations. Sorry, congratulations. Congratulations, yeah. Have you you told your wife yet? (laughs) 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 Um, I was going to say, going back to 356s, you said if you're a 356 guy, Mark, do you find that people seem to be either 911 or 356? Yes. It's really weird. Some people look at me when I'm like, that's, that 911's okay. Uh, I don't get too excited about it. I mean, I get them, but I, I'm a 356 person through and through. I'd say I'm more of a 356 enthusiast than like a Porsche enthusiast in general. That's interesting. But You're the youngest 356 owner I've ever met. I, I So I was going to look into this and wonder who is younger, like is in like an age gap between when my car was built and when I was built. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, some would say you might have been hatched, PJ, not built. <laughs> but the, but the, that's a that's an excellent point you've brought up about the age gap difference. Like mm. I, I was involved in the Australian three five six registry committee here in Australia, and I like I'm in my fifties, and I was the youngest by a lot. Like I was the youngest wow. in the committee by over two decades. But that's being in a three five six committee. Yes, right. <laughs> to give you an you idea, committee ages everybody by like twenty years anyway. And, <laughs> and the, you know, you mentioned that the nine eleven versus three five six thing. Most, I find the older three five. Oh, sorry, the older nine eleven owners. When I say older, my age or more, just aren't conscious of three five sixes. Like the 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 true enthusiasts love them and usually own one or two, plus their nine eleven, or they've come into the brand older and not really known that there was a car before nine eleven. Seems crazy to me. Yeah, it does me as well. You know, especially like, and when it, look, there's, as I've said to Ajmal and our listeners multiple times, there is no car I've ever come across here in Perth that you can drive and everybody loves it more than a 356. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. A gullwing Mercedes would probably have the same impact. 
or you know, or something like that. But if you're driving, pull up a survey, go to a cafe, go to the beach, whatever. You get grandmothers and fourteen-year-olds both standing next to each other with their phones out. Yeah, and there is no car that will get that two category of people as excited about it like a three-five-six that I've ever known. So I mean, so going from a varied spectrum of of the air-cooled scene, like I, whenever I go to the petrol station or whatever, in in whichever old air-cooled I get, I do attract a different audience. Sure. Um, which is interesting. Like when you're in the bus, you get families waving to you, like with their kids pointing at it. Like when I had that slate gray 912, no one looked at it, which was really bizarre. I guess because of the color, maybe. Sure. Um, you know, the Beetle doesn't get that much attention. But when I go in the 356, you know, I, I'd say if I was, <laughs> if I, if that was the attention I wanted, I could probably get a lot of men do you know what I mean like, <laughs> I've never had a car attract so many men of a certain age but um but yeah it's interesting not since the caddy huh not since the caddy attract that many men of a certain age oh well you know <laughs> <laughs> the, uh... no, I think because I think the, the point that PJ's made is really interesting because I mean I did a short video on it ages ago was where's the, where's the next generation of people coming how how do mm. young people get into buying an air cooled porsche you know they inherit it's them not accessible no they yeah, don't buy them accessible. they inherit them yeah exactly they inherit them or they win the lottery or whatever or they're you know uh tech millionaires or whatever it is but but someone who's not just someone who's an enthusiast you know i would describe the three of us here as enthusiasts sure you know, we we appreciate the brand and I, you know, I'm, I wouldn't describe myself as a 356 guy. I probably wouldn't even describe myself as a 911 guy, but I appreciate the brand and the evolution of what it, where it's been and where it's come from. And you know, when people talk about, well, actually it started at the Beetle, but even if you did take the Beetle and you went 356 and you went through all the iterations of it and you went 911, you'd, you'd see the evolution of it and you'd see why it's ended up where it is. Sure. But the 356 was almost accessible even when it was new. But it was, the, it was the 911 that kind of pushed it out, which is why the 912 came along. I was about to say, that's why, they inve- that's why yeah. they had to release the 912. The price discrepancy was so great between the 356 and 911. Exactly, the price, the power, everything, and the engineering. They, they took it to a, an, another level, but at the time it probably left the 356 behind, which is why there's so few of them and why they all need renovation. But whereas now... You know, okay, you've got the 996. You know, people can buy, young people could, could probably buy the 996, may at a stretch be able to get it insured. But then there's a maintenance thing. But an air-cooled one that you could tinker with at home, I don't think that's accessible. So, you know, even people PJ's age now, not many people will be able to go out and buy one. Yes, but look at the knowledge as well. Like, I, I have very limited knowledge of how to work on an air-cooled car. The Literally one of the most simple cars to work on I used to work on my BMW Mini more than I worked on my Beetle back in the day because it just was a little bit easier for me to understand. Like it was so far away from what I was used to. I was like, it's almost so simple. You think you're going to fuck it up. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. You know, with, with, with Jack, you know, like his knowledge is just insane. 
like I was down there shooting a 944 with him last night and you know he just knows his way around every single vehicle and to be honest I wish I had that knowledge but I don't <laughs> yeah but man yeah I don't I don't and it's and, and which is why we know we know and love Jack <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's um yeah he's a nice dude I like Jack he's, he's good he is we're trying I've been trying to get him on here and uh you know yeah. it's like you just can't, can't put him down <laughs> so, so Mark has said Mark has said get your laptop get your microphone just go around there <laughs> <laughs> he's um I'm sure he'd love it um Ajmal, remind our listeners about our current giveaway. Our current giveaway is the if you're into part numbers, it's WAP 0506070MBIG. BIG BIG for Big Mug. Yeah, good one. It's the big Porsche branded mint inbox unused Porsche mug with the gold bandle on the bottom which you'll have seen on one of my videos. I shall put it on social media too. Uh, and it's the next giveaway. Are we going to give that away now or should we save it for the next one? Oh, I haven't checked if we've got any new... <laughs> I haven't checked if we've got any new uh, reviews. But well, because we've been going quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Should we go to the next one? Yeah, give me a look here. Let's have a look. Ooh. I can't believe I just read out the part number of... Uh... Porsche mug. Well, some would say we are Porsche mugs. No. It would really yeah. help if I just <laughs> went straight to, there we go, the website that will give us. Maybe I should say the date of production as well. It's the 8th of December 2020. And it's much When more. do you reckon we did our last one? Oh, I've got one here from the 20th. We've only had one recently. What? We've only had one since a giveaway. Oh, my God. Do you want to read it out or do you want to leave it till next week? Sure. Waza7103 from Australia has given us five stars, and the title of his review is My First Podcast. No. Yes, description. Finally Uh, got some time whilst on COVID lockdown to listen to a podcast. Really enjoyed it. See you at the track soon, Mark, with your new GT4. So jealous. Stig. This is going to be the weirdest giveaway because... You're going to send the watch to England and I'll be sending the mug to Australia. <laughs> but let's, let's push the mug out next week. Let's do a reminder. Yes, e- anyone, true. everyone, let's get some more reviews to compare against. Yes. Let us do that. So, Ajmal, remind the oh. listeners, how do they win this mug? They need to leave a review on iTunes. Um, probably five stars. And uh, and message message me on Instagram or Mark. Yep, and, and we will. You're right. You're right. If it is an Aussie that wins this thing, it will be funny that we're sending them across. They go like this, like passing like ships in the night, or hopefully exactly. aircraft. Well, they could be on ships. Yeah, that'd be a long delivery. I wonder if I'd get an email if it was sinking. You know, like all the 
Well, the Porsche. Oh, they the released. I don't know if you saw. I haven't read it. I yet. saw that. I saw it. They Not released only, all the only cars still on Spike's car radio. You what? Where they listed? It was on Spike's car radio. Where they? I listed. haven't listened to the latest episode. Did they list what was in it today? Wow. I saw a. I saw a post on it from someone. It's th- it feels like it's thousands of cars, VWs, Lambos. It uh, is thousands of cars. Was it? Was it, there weren't any Bugattis, were there? No. No Bugattis? But, uh, there, were, there were a lot. And there were some kind of vintage ones as well. Oof. I can't remember what they were. Okay. Anyway, we've been going a long time crapping on about yeah. chips and subs on Porsche Talk Podcast. And, PJ, we really appreciate your time. I hope this has yes, been thank you, PJ. worth your while because it's been worth ours. So we appreciate you. Appreciate you that you oh, did come on. It's been fun. It's been fun. I've learned a lot about <laughs> the sorts. So, <laughs> so I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So if, um, if anyone wants to uh, follow your content or go and visit Classics of the Clubhouse, how would they do that? Uh, just uh, at Classics at the Clubhouse on Instagram or at PJ, I think, underscore Gibbons. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, uh, which I haven't used for a while, but if anyone's interested in like air-cooled content, there is a lot of stuff on youtube.com forward slash the video volks. Um, we did a recent rally beetle up in Wales, so that's worth watching. Uh, yeah. And um, also go check out Jack as well at Flat Six Jack. Yep. When is the next Classics at the Clubhouse event? It is on the 19th of June. I'll try to get there. Sorry? I'll try to get there. Oh, yeah. I'll be coming around. <laughs> You've got plenty of time. I'll, 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 plenty of time. I did plenty of time. Get in the GT4. I'll get come, in the GT4. No, I'm coming around to your place and borrow one of your cars, Ajmal. I'm going to get you get 9, 12 out of storage somehow. Oh, God, yeah, that's <laughs> got to come out of storage. It's got to come out of storage, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah, got, before we go, before we go, I've got one more question for PJ. Oh, yeah? Yeah. About photography. Yeah. Don't you think there's a recent phenomenon on social media of photographs of people taking photographs? Yes. It shows. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's massive. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, like, photos, famous photographers taking photos, and sometimes I think, I don't know if I've seen the photo that the photographer is taking. I've just seen the photo of the photographer taking the photo. I, I think that event photography these days is, is very much about the culture and part of today's culture is people taking photos. So I think capturing that is part of capturing the event. Ajmal, you could be yeah. ahead of the curve here. I could be what? Ahead of the curve. What you could do is you could take a photo of the person taking a photo of the person photographing a car. There you go. That is, that could happen. This could be. Well, a, you know, Bart. This could be a Bart's quality. To, this could be a quality piss take. Well, Bart's <laughs> coming to. But no, don't say that. Bart's coming to London soon. Aren't I meeting for a coffee? Oh yeah. Okay. Good one. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna go and talk to him about. What it. you need to do is get Bart and PJ together. So one of them takes a photo. One of them takes a photo of that happening, and you take a photo of them. Oh my god, that's that's like so many planets aligning. <laughs> and you can't even park your car in your yeah. own street. It's it's like no a chance. Ghostbusters crossing of the streams kind of thing. <laughs> PJ, you know crossing of the streams, right? You know crossing of the streams, Ghostbusters. Tell me, you know that. Yeah, the toilets or whatever. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 
No, I'm joking. I'm joking. With my I was going to say, end, end the podcast now. <laughs> no, I know, I know Ghostbusters. Good to hear. All right then, boys. Thank you very much for your time tonight. It's been a joy. Thank you very much for your time today. PJ, have a great day. You guys, crazy nutcases in the UK, eating crisps and stuff and going chicken oriental. We, we like to go chicken oriental. <laughs> <laughs> See you, boys. Cheers, mate. Thank you.